oral questions by members. Member for Kamloops, North Thompson. Thank you, uh, Mr. Speaker. Under this soft on crime premier, crime and disorder in neighbourhoods, business districts and on transit has never been worse and is completely out of control. This all began with his time as the Attorney General, Mr. Speaker, where we saw a 75% increase in no charge assessments and worse, a 40% decrease in the numbers of people in jail. Just yesterday, this is what a Chief of Police had to say about this Premier's failed catch and release justice system. He said, and I quote, we've lost sight of the victims. I don't know if we'd even call it a justice system anymore. That's a chief of police acknowledging that he feels we do not have a justice system anymore in this province under this Premier's watch. When will the Premier finally put the rights of victims and people to be safe ahead of those who continue to reoffend on a daily basis? Attorney General. Thank you, Mr. Speaker, and I want to thank the member for the question. Everybody deserves to feel safe in their communities. And we as a government have been taking action on many levels to address the situation that's happening in communities. For my part, as Attorney General, the justice system. We have been advocating for the federal government to make changes to the bail policy. Cities across this country have been seeing a rise in repeat violent offenders. Through our leadership and advocacy, we received a commitment from the federal government to make those changes, and as Attorney General, I'm monitoring that. Uh, we're also taking action in terms of investing in the supports and the services needed in our justice system to help address this issue. Recently, we announced 12 hubs for the Repeat Violent Offender Intervention Initiative across this province um, to address the repeat violent offenders and their impacts on communities. We'll continue to do the work necessary um, to increase safety in communities. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Member with Supplemental. Well, thank you, Mr. Speaker. Frankly, none of that's working. People don't feel safer in their neighbourhoods. And empty words and promises by this Premier and this government are not making the situation better. By every measure, it's worse than it's ever been. People feel unsafe everywhere in this province. Urban centres, rural centres, in suburbs, you name it. They're tired of the robotic responses from this government and the lack of accountability from this soft-on-crime premier when it comes to assaults and violence and the threatening of people every single day. The simple fact is, not only is the soft-on-crime premier the architect of the catch-and-release policies, he literally wrote the book on how to sue the police. Given this Premier's past, it's no surprising that during his time as Attorney General, we saw that 75% increase in no-charge assessments and a 40% reduction in those jail populations. That's led to what we saw yesterday, a Chief of Police saying that we don't have a justice system in this province anymore, aligning with what the public is saying. The only people that seem to think things are getting better on our streets, Mr. Speaker, are the members of the government. Everyone else outside of this chamber knows the fear they're living with on a daily basis. When will this Premier end his catch-and-release policies and prioritize the families of this province over the prolific offenders? Attorney General. Um, thanks for the question. Everyone deserves to feel safe in their communities, and we as a government are taking action on many levels. 
This unfortunately is happening across the country in countries and provinces, and we were happy to join with ministers from across the country and premiers from across this country calling on the government for specific reforms to the bail policy in order to address repeat violent offenders. But we're not stopping there. I'm working with my colleagues across this government to invest in the programs and services needed to address this challenge. We're meeting with communities, we're understanding issues on the ground and responding. Um, we announced the largest increase in funding um, to police officers across this country. We we're announced one of the largest calls to Crown Council under my um, ministry to help support the work that needs to be done. We'll continue to invest in the resources and, and the programs that are needed to make the situation better. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Member for Surrey White Rock. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Yesterday, we heard the Solicitor General say everybody deserves to feel safe. We heard the Premier say everybody deserves to feel safe. We've heard the Attorney General say everybody deserves to feel safe. In the communities in our province, people do not feel safe. On our transit systems, people do not feel safe. Another transit union representing SkyTrain workers is also speaking out about unchecked violence on transit. Tony Ribello, president of QP7000, says, and I quote, our members are definitely concerned and they've been rattled to tell you the truth, end quote. Sunday afternoon, a 25-year-old woman sexually assaulted, riding an escalator, at the Granville Street SkyTrain station. People who rely on our public transit system every day to get to work and to get to school do not feel safe. Will the Premier listen to QP? Will the Premier listen to transit riders? Will the Premier listen to anyone and stand up and do something about his soft on crime policies and his catch and release system? Minister of Public Safety. Thank you, uh, Honourable Speaker, and I thank the, uh, the member uh, for his question. Uh, and I want to address the, uh, the two issues that he, uh, that he raises. Uh, first, in terms of our transit system, as I said yesterday, we are working in my ministry, the, uh, the Director of Police Services is working very closely with the, the transit police, uh, the RCMP, uh, and the other policing agencies. Uh, as well as unions in terms of identifying uh, potential gaps and additional resources that may be required uh, to uh, ensure that uh, we are doing everything that we can to make sure that our transit system, which is used by over uh, 400,000 people a day, is safe. Uh, that the issues that we have seen uh, in terms of uh, the, uh, the, the attacks, which all of us are horrified by, uh, are not unique to this province, but are in fact occurring in transit systems uh, across this country, whether it's Calgary, Edmonton, uh, Toronto, all have experienced similar situations. Uh, I can tell you that uh, the premiers of the uh, provinces, all of the provinces, uh, because they are all concerned about what they're seeing in their own jurisdictions, will be meeting uh, on the 21st of April to deal with this specific issue. Uh, we are doing everything we can to ensure that uh, our communities are safe, and work with all levels of government and uh, policing agencies, unions, and everybody involved in our transit systems to ensure that our transit systems are safe for the public. Member Supplemental. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Let's be very clear on this. It is the Premier's failure to do his job, to do his job when he's Attorney General, and to do his job now as he is Premier 
to keep people safe, whether they're walking the streets or whether they're using public transit. This Premier has seen an explosion of random violence under his watch, and it continues every single day. People riding the bus, people riding the SkyTrain do not feel safe. The minister just ran, referenced transit police. We have got a police chief who says he would not even call it a justice system anymore. A police chief is saying that in this province. This is what Lara writes, and I quote, nobody regardless of age and gender feels safe in the city anymore. Criminals are arrested and let go the next day. Nowhere is safe in Vancouver anymore. I do not feel safe walking on the street. End quote. My question to the Premier, how much longer will British Columbians have to endure relentless violence before this Premier finally decides to step up and do something and prioritize the safety of our communities and our transit systems. Minister of Public Safety. Thank you, uh, Honourable Speaker, and I appreciate the question from the member. Um, I noticed he quoted a uh, police chief saying he doesn't feel safe walking on the streets in the city of Vancouver, uh, but I note that they didn't name the, uh, the, the chief of police, uh, um, and that would really assist in, uh, in terms of uh, understanding um, part of the member's question. So if he would, so, so, oh, two quotes, but put together. So, but I, I still, I still, I still, I still. I, Mem members, members. Thank you. Th members, a question th has been asked. Let's let the minister have his response. Thank, thank you, uh, honorable speaker. And I, and I just make, I just make that observation because, I make that observation because the opposition does have a habit of when they quote, which they do on a regular basis, they name the individual um, they are quoting, and yet today they have, are choosing not to do that. Now, that is. That, 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 that is. Members, that, please, please sit, Minister. Members, please. We'll have an answer to the question, and then you'll get to ask a question again. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Speaker. That's up to them. Now, uh, to deal with the, uh, the specific issues. Uh, that, uh, they, that they, have, they have raised around uh, transit safety. As I've said, uh, our ministry is working closely with the, uh, the police, uh, transit police, the uh, RCMP and the agencies uh, to determine what additional steps need to be taken. At the same time, in terms of the uh, federal jurisdiction around the criminal code, which again, the opposition uh, likes to, to raise, and again, I will remind them that that is federal jurisdiction. We have pushed and have got a commitment from the federal government to ensure uh, that the uh, reverse onus when it comes to bail conditions is expanded to include a full range of weapons, not just firearms, but knives, bear spray, any kind of weapon. Uh, that's real action and commitment from this government, Honourable Speaker, and we are going to continue to do everything we can to ensure that our communities are safe. Member for Saanich North and the Islands. Yeah, thank you, Mr. Speaker. Uh, Bain Sound produces about British Columbia, uh, British Columbia's half of British Columbia's selfish. It's an important economic, food, social, and ceremonial site for Comox First Nation and has federal designation as an ecologically and biologically sensitive area. Despite the significance, the province has permitted shipbreaking, an environmentally hazardous industry, in Union Bay. 
In October 2021, the province issued a foreshore lease to deep water recovery that allows them to drag ships over the beach and onto dry land. In 2022, deep water recovery was found to be out of compliance four times under BC's Environmental Management Act and hazardous waste regulations. The company received three warnings and one advisory. However, the company has not faced regulatory penalties, nor did the province issue fines or revoke the original license. By not acting, the province is sanctioning this damage. My question is to the Minister of Environment and Climate Change Strategy. Will he take enforcement actions against deep water recovery to protect the environment and the people of Baines Sound? Minister of Environment. Thank you very much, Honourable Speaker, and thank you to the member for the question. As the member knows, um, compliance and enforcement actions are taken by staff of the Ministry of Environment on the ground in this instance, as well as uh, staff of other ministries. I am very aware, as are my colleagues, of the concerns about the community of the community around uh, Bain Sound shipbreaking activities. Uh, there is active investigations ongoing, and when and if uh, specific violations are determined, action will be taken. Member. Thank you, uh, Mr. Mr. Speaker. Uh, I do understand uh, where the uh, regulatory and, and enforcement actions happen. I also understand that it's the ministers that are government that are responsible uh, for ensuring that uh, for ensuring that companies and, and people are following uh, the, the rules and the regulations. Uh, so ultimately, the responsibility lands on that side of the house, uh, Mr. Speaker. Comox First Nation opposes the shipbreaking operation, and the Comox Valley Regional District has initiated court action against deepwater recovery. In June 2021, Transport Canada invited the province to participate in a technical review of internationally recognized shipbreaking regulations. In March 2022, a group of NGOs sent a joint letter uh, urging this government to create regulation, follow the example from existing legal frameworks and legislation. In April 2022, the Association of Vancouver Island and Coastal Communities unanimously approved a motion calling on this government to adopt shipbreaking regulations in BC. And despite these requests, the ministry has not taken any meaningful action to regulate this hazardous industry. If properly regulated, shipbreaking is an important industry without adequate provincial oversight. However, this industry poses serious risk to workers, communities, and our marine environments. Through you, Honourable Speaker, to the Minister of Environment and Climate Change Strategy, will the Minister regulate this activity that is actively imperiling the health and the rights of First Nations? Minister of the Environment. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Mr. Speaker, and thank you again to the member for the question. Uh, I and my colleagues realize this is a uh, critically important issue to people who live in the area. They have been communicating with us directly and often. We have been meeting regularly with uh, staff in my ministry and uh, staff in other ministries. This is an uh, interjurisdictional uh, issue, as the uh, member knows. It involves uh, my ministry, uh, the Ministry of Forests. It also involves the federal government. We're working with other regulatory agencies, including Fisheries and Oceans Canada, Environment and Climate Change Canada, as well as WorkSafe BC with respect to uh, the potential for uh, asbestos exposures. And we are working uh, to determine that the environment and human health are protected. But the member also knows that there are procedures in place. Uh, there are uh, 
laws that, uh, that specify what compliance looks like. There is matters of administrative fairness. We have visited the site, uh, inspectors from my ministry, multiple times, taken water samples for independent analysis, and issued warnings and one advisory to the company under the Environmental Management Act. Activities and inspections continue. I and my colleagues continue to request and receive regular briefings on this issue, and we will continue to do that to resolve this issue for the people who live in the area. Member for Surrey South. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. I actually find it appalling that this government would have to be told that the person that we were quoting was Police Chief Dave Jones of the Metro Vancouver Transit Police, because this has been all over the media this morning. And it's clear that this government has no idea what's going on. So I'll read the quote again from Police Chief Dave Jones of the Metro Vancouver Transit Police. And he says, we've lost sight of the victims. We hear that from victims' families. They feel victimized again. Has it gone so far that people whose laws they're meant to protect, they're expressing frustration and disbelief in it? And I don't know if we can even call it a justice system anymore. He goes on to say, you eventually come to a point where you sit back and you realize how far we've gone. I think it just worries me as a citizen, he says. How am I protected within society? Because the reality is, is that this government's soft on crime policies go beyond the courtroom. It's your abject failure to deal with the root causes of crime. Your failure to deal Through with chair, mental member. health and addictions, social issues. And adding more police to the problem is like putting a Band-Aid on a cancer. You have to deal with the underlying cause. Just yesterday, we learned of another violent attack in downtown Victoria. An armed criminal brazenly robbed a busy Victoria jewelry store in broad daylight. He shattered glass in a display case while yelling and threatening staff with a hammer. This seems to be the second time in under a week that the same hammer-wielding robber attacked the same store. So how much longer must communities, small businesses, staff, and the public suffer the havoc caused by this Premier's soft-on-crime policies? Minister of Public Safety. Thank you, uh, Honourable Speaker. Uh, and I appreciate the question from the member because it gives me an opportunity not only to outline the work that we have been doing and the actions that we have been taking since we formed government, and I have done that on a number of times in this House uh, in terms on the police side, whether it's the largest investment in policing in the history of this province, whether it is the establishment of the hubs uh, and the, uh, the, 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 the increase in the number of Crown prosecutors, where there's getting changes done at the, uh, the federal level when it comes to the criminal code of this country. All of those things that have to be in place. Uh, the forensic firearms lab, the, the, all of the things I've mentioned before. But what I'd now like to do is to address some of the issues the member just said because we, on this side of the house we know that it is about the root causes of crime. Which is why we have been taking actions to undo the neglect, the negligence of that side when they sat on this side. Speaker. Shame? Shame? Members, shame? 
members. Shame, honorable speaker. Members. I will tell you what shame is, honorable members. speaker. Shame was cutting three hundred million dollars from mental health services when you sat on this side of the house, honorable speaker. Members. You want to say call an appalling honorable member? Appalling is cutting. I was cutting thirty-five million dollars in supports for those on mental health. Thank you, Minister. Services, members. Come to order and then we'll move to the next question. Thank you. Member for Surrey South. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. You know, we heard it from the Premier's own hand-picked expert, Doug Lepard, and we see it in the evidence that we see on our streets with the chaos and violent attacks every day that criminals are emboldened by the lack of consequences under this soft-on-crime Premier. And we now have a chief of police a chief of police saying that we don't have a justice system anymore. Crime is out of control thanks to his time as Attorney General, marked by a 75% increase in no charge assessments and a 40% drop in people being kept behind bars. The head of the Downtown Victoria Association, Jeff Bray, has called this robbery a brazen attack and is calling on the province to step up and deal with out of control violence. But people like Jeff have no reason to trust a premier who has spent his whole career putting criminals ahead of victims. So when will the premier listen to businesses suffering robbery after robbery and end his soft on crime policies? Minister of Public Safety. Thank you, Honourable Speaker. And as I said a moment ago, when they raised the question about uh, on the mental health side of things, and I reminded them that they cut $35 million in supports for mental health and addictions for youth. Uh, they completely deregulated the recovery homes, and as health minister, the former leader of the opposition, or the leader, current leader of the opposition, cut over $300 million in the health system, which mental health experts called staggering, Honourable Speaker. So we have spent a lot of time on doing the damage that they did. But I also now want to address the, uh, the quotes that the member has been talking about. And remember, I, I said, Honourable Speaker, I was a little puzzled as to why they didn't mention the, uh, the chief's name at the beginning. Because now I'm able to provide a little more context. Uh, in an interview with Sophie Louis Dunn, uh, today is uh, um, uh, today, and she asks uh, Chief uh, Dave Jones about the transit system. Is it safe? Um, Dave Jones says the transit system is safe. He says the most recent data shows crime rates have declined. Crimes against persons in 2022 dropped by 21% compared to the year before, and crimes against property was down 33%, Honourable Speaker. So that's part of the interview, Honourable Speaker. I appreciate the, uh, the opposition uh, has, a, has a job to do, but let's at least try and get all the facts out there, Honourable Speaker. I, an, an honourable speaker. That's why I'll repeat what I said. My ministry is working Members, with the transit we'll have police. order in this chamber. Is working with the transit police, with the unions, with the RCMP, with the policing agencies. I will note 
that TransLink's budget for policing has increased 13% in this year. They would like to see more officers. They want to see more resources. And as the Premier has said yesterday, we are identifying those gaps. And if more resources are needed, they will be, they will be there. Member for Prince George Valemount. Well, what we've seen on display by the Premier and the uh, Solicitor General today is exactly why British Columbians are terrified. Because his opportunity to stand up this in this House and acknowledge that people are afraid, that a mother is experiencing the loss of a 17-year-old child uh, because of a transit bus incident, and we get those kinds of answers from this Solicitor General, he should look at himself in the mirror and recognize that it, this is on the shoulders of a Premier and former Attorney General who simply have not done enough, period. And if the, if the Premier and the, and the Solicitor General want to talk about their lack of attention to victims, let's talk about Cliff, Clint Smith in Nanaimo. Because the Premier rolled on into Nanaimo and reannounced empty words. Clint runs the auto shop, and he was shot in British Columbia while trying to reclaim his property. Clint is a victim, and here's what Clint had to say to the Solicitor General. He can bluster all he wants. This is the words of a victim in British Columbia, and I quote, a whole lot less of lip service and a whole lot more action is required. So when will the Premier end the lip service, acknowledge that there is chaos reigning in British Columbia, and it is squarely on his shoulders as a former Attorney General and the now Premier of British Columbia? When will he stand up and do something? Minister of Public Safety. Member. Thank you, uh, Honourable Speaker, and I appreciate the, uh, the question from the member. Um, and, um, you know, the member has a role to criticize me as uh, Solicitor General, I understand that. Uh, but I also want to point out that uh, we're dealing with situations, particularly when it comes to the root causes of crime, that were very much started when she and her colleagues of the United Party sat, were in government. The last time the United Party was in government, Honourable Speaker, um, they made those cuts to health care, to mental health services. They made those cuts to mental health services. They made cuts to sexual assault centres, Honourable Speaker. They did irreparable damage to the social service sector, which provides the supports that they now want to see in place uh, that this government has been putting, has, has now having to be, has now having to undone. Members, members. There was silence when you asked the question. Please provide the same respect when now, he gives an answer. Honourable Speaker, this government does care about victims and realizes the trauma that they have been through, which is why we have taken the actions. And I'll also say this to the member in regard to that particular individual, Clint. I did uh, have a conversation with him in Nanaimo. And I also, I also listened to his interview that he did on CKNW, where he also acknowledged that the steps we're taking were a step in the right direction, Honourable Member. So go read the transcript, Honourable Member. Go read the transcript. Um, and so what I want to tell you, Honourable Speaker, again... Members, please. You had your chance to ask a question. Give him a chance to answer it. And so when it comes to supporting victims, we didn't cut victim services. 
when they did when they were in the side of the house. We increased victim services on this. And we are working with we are working, we are working, we are working with the federal government, police agencies, local governments, provincial provincial premiers right across this country to deal with the challenges that all of us are facing to keep our community safe. We are going to continue doing that, Honourable Speaker, and I am very proud of the work this government's doing. Member for Abbotsford West. Thanks, Mr. Speaker. Well, look, people are trying to reconcile what they are hearing from the Premier, from his ministers today, yesterday, with the reality of what is going on out there. Has the Premier seen what's going on out there? In cities across British Columbia, random violence at rates that we have never seen before in this province. A police chief, a provincial police chief, who seems to have given up on the justice system. Look, it has to be said, in cities across British Columbia, there are times when it's hard to walk four blocks and not trip over someone who is strung out in the sidewalk with drug paraphernalia strewn about. And Mr. Speaker, if the Premier doesn't think that the proliferation of drug use that has taken place as a result of policies that he has introduced does not lead to unpredictable behavior and sometimes violent behavior, then he's in denial. Mr. Speaker, the Premier chose to expand the availability of drugs without ensuring that detox on demand was available. And people are paying the price. Those addicted are paying the price, Mr. Speaker. The Premier chose to warehouse the homeless without providing adequate supports. And people are paying the price. The Premier has defended for years now his catch and release Question justice number. system that has seen random crime spiral out of control. And Mr. Speaker, innocent victims are paying the price. No one believes the Premier's announcements, Mr. Come Speaker, to the question, please. because no one has heard the Premier acknowledge that the chaos we see in the streets are the result of his policies. Mr. Speaker, will the Premier acknowledge and finally admit that it's his failed policies that have led to the Thank chaos, that it's his failed policies that have led to the violence, and that it is his failed you, policies member. that have left British Columbians fetally unsafe. Honourable Premier of British Columbia. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Honourable Speaker. Uh, when I was uh, sworn as Premier, Honourable Speaker, there were uh, four key areas of priority that I laid out for British Columbians that we would work on. The issue of housing, make sure you have an affordable place to live. The issue of health care, make sure you have access to health care when and where you need it, including family doctors. The issue of public safety. Members, please have some respect. Recognizing that everyone in our province has a right to be safe, 
He listened to your questions, listened to his answer with respect. To be safe when they go to work, when they go to school, when they use transit at home, and to build a strong economy that works for everybody. On the issue of public safety, Honourable Speaker, we've been aggressive with Ottawa. It was the Minister for Public Safety and the Attorney General who led the charge nationally to get the federal government to change, to commit to change their bail laws to fix the problems that have been caused by that change. Honourable Speaker, on that national front, we are unified with premiers across Canada, meeting with the chiefs of police from across Canada on April 21st, in just three days, in an emergency meeting called for by all the premiers to respond to this issue that we're seeing across the country. This is a very serious issue, Honourable Speaker. It deserves to be treated with seriousness. And I have to say, I regret very much, I regret very much the members standing up and pretending that our response to the toxic drug overdose crisis was not endorsed by all the parties in this House except for the BC Conservatives. They were the only party that did not endorse that approach. It's a complicated and challenging issue of keeping people alive so they can get into treatment. A billion dollars we put into the budget to expand treatment options for people. We're going to continue to do that work. And the members on both sides of the House know this is a complicated national issue, but BC is showing leadership every single day.